Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 28 of Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. As always, I'm going to ask you to do me the huge favor, which I definitely appreciate for those who go and do it. Uh, Give Stuff Explained a review, write a review, um, five stars preferably, if you would be so generous, on Apple Podcasts and any other type of podcast streaming service where you can actually leave a review and a thumbs up or stars, whatever it might be. Also, make sure to reach out on social media using the hashtag stuff explained at Motley Experience. That's M-O-T-L-E-Y-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. Also, feel free to email. Um, you can email info at themotleyexperience.com. Uh, so that's fully spelled out. And just put stuff explained in the headline and, you know, write about your thoughts if you want you know it's something i might be able to read on next week's episode just get some engagement going engage with uh with the community i see you guys are listening i see the stats there's people out there listening (laughs) um so feel free to to reach out and we can uh we can start some conversation instead of it being a one-way conversation it can be can be two-way instead of me talking to you i can speak with you wouldn't that be nice Uh, so let's get into this episode of stuff explained Life is a journey of exploration, learning, and growth. Basically, the world is full of fascinating stuff. Join me, Aristides Marousas, as I uncover interesting facts and discuss big ideas on Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Experience your world. So Valentine's Day has come and gone. It was this past weekend. And whether you spent it with someone or you spent it on your own or just with a group of friends, I hope it was filled with love for yourself, for others, um, and all that great stuff. Uh, But in the theme of Valentine's Day, you know, I did the last uh, episode on what it is to love, different kinds of love. It was a big idea episode. I'd like to use this as an opportunity to talk about one of my favorite food items, which happens to dovetail very nicely with the Valentine's Day theme, especially now that a lot of it is probably discounted, and that's chocolate. That's right. I love chocolate. If I'm addicted to anything, it would be chocolate. I have a sweet tooth, and that sweet sweet tooth, I'm so excited, I'm, I'm just tripping over my own words, that sweet tooth is focused on chocolate. So, I'm going to talk about what exactly chocolate is, the origins, how it spread, and uh, more really interesting details. I, I spent the last day just going over different sites and researching this, and it's pretty darn interesting if I do say so myself. So let's get into a conversation on chocolate. So what is chocolate? That's a fantastic question. I'm going to answer right now. 
So chocolate is made from a, this fruit from a tropical cacao tree, and the name is Theobroma cacao, which translates to "food of the gods." I personally think that's a very apt and correct name. The fruits are about the size and shape of a papaya and are called pods. And each pod contains about forty to fifty cacao beans, which are covered in this white pulp. So the seeds are harvested by hand to protect the trees, and this is done by laborers removing the pods, which are orange when ripe, and then opening them up with machetes. The seeds are then placed on these large trays for fermentation, which are covered with banana leaves and are left for several days. This fermentation process produces the flavor and aroma, while also destroying the seeds' embryo, which prevents germination, as well as causing this white pulp on the exterior around the seeds to fall off. So after this process is done, the beans are dried out on sunny platforms with workers turning them several times a day for three to five days to completely dry. After being dried, the beans are taken to a chocolate factory where they are cleaned and then roasted. This roasting process brings out the flavors and helps remove the beans from their shells. And then this final product is called the nib. The nibs are ground down, and the result is a thick paste called chocolate liqueur. But this is not to be confused with chocolate liquor, which is um, which has alcohol in it. So chocolate liqueur does not contain alcohol. In fact, quick fun fact:、uh, liqueur just means liquid in form.、Um, so this chocolate liqueur is then the foundation for making chocolate when used in combination with other ingredients like cacao butter, sugar, vanilla, milk,、uh, fats, and solids. So now that we know how chocolate is made, let's get into the origins, the origin story. So it's believed that chocolate has its beginnings in ancient Mesoamerica, which is present-day Mexico. The Olmec are an early Latin American civilization, or they were, and they appear to be the first to have turned the cacao plant into chocolate. And they used it, it seems, primarily for rituals and as medicine. A few centuries later, the Mayans revered chocolate as the drink of the gods, and they would make a brew of roasted and ground cacao seeds with chilies, water, and cornmeal. The name for this drink was chocolatol, which translates to bitter water, and it's thought that this is where the word, the modern-day word of chocolate, comes from. Even the Aztecs held chocolate in high regard, and they would drink it as a refreshment, an aphrodisiac to prepare for war, and they even used cocoa beans as currency. Now historians can't be sure exactly who specifically brought chocolate over to Europe, but it did occur during the Spanish conquest of Latin America. And one legend states that the Aztec king Montezuma gave Hernan Cortez a chocolate drink、uh, when the Spanish arrived. It's reported that he initially, and he being Hernan Cortez, thought this drink was too bitter. And in his notes, he actually writes, "It's a bitter drink for pigs." Um, but he then changed his mind after some of his men added cane sugar or honey, and、uh, so he liked it so much he brought it back to Spain in 1528. Now it seems as though the Spanish kept their chocolate a secret from the rest of Europe for some time. It wasn't until 1615 when the French king Louis XIII married Anne of Austria, who happened to be the daughter of the Spanish king Philip III, that chocolate made its way to the royal courts of France. From here, chocolate became a popular drink amongst upper class and rural Europeans. And this is actually, I just want to point out, an interesting contrast to previous episodes where we've discussed tomatoes and potatoes, which were viewed as potentially poisonous and evil. Chocolate. 
was just like beloved from the beginning, essentially, when it was brought to Europe. And the demand continued to increase throughout the 17th and 18th centuries, even reaching the American colonies. In the late 1700s, the invention of the steam engine during the Industrial Revolution made mass production possible. And this massive increase in demand led to the creation of chocolate plantations across equatorial European colonies, which were worked by thousands of slaves. Now, the 1800s saw massive strides in the production of chocolate. In 1828, Dutch chemist Conrad Johan van Houten discovered a way to make powdered chocolate by removing cacao butter from chocolate liquor, grinding what remained, and adding alkaline salts to cut the bitter taste. This then became known as the Dutch cocoa method, and the product or rather was... uh, the product, rather, was Dutch cocoa, and it allowed for widespread availability of cocoa powder while also paving the way for the creation of the chocolate bar. So we fast forward to 1847, and British chocolatier Joseph Fry created the first chocolate bar by adding melted cacao butter back into Dutch cocoa. In 1868, a small company you might know called Cadbury Uh, one of my personal favorites, just a quick aside, was selling boxes of chocolate candies in England. A few years later, in 1878, Swiss chocolatier Daniel Peter added dried milk powder to chocolate to create milk chocolate. A few years after that, Peter and his friend, Henry Nestle, created the Nestle Company and began selling milk chocolate to the mass market, or Nestle. During this time, Rodolphe Lindt, invented a conching machine which gave his chocolate a velvety texture. And uh, this is another name you might know. Also during this time, Milton Hershey began selling chocolate uh, coated caramels and developed his own formula for milk chocolate. He then began mass producing these chocolate bars and unique shapes like Hershey's Kisses back in 1900. In 1923, the Mars Company created the Milky Way bar by adding a nougat inside a chocolate bar. During that same year, this is huge for the industry, imagine that the same year, crazy times, a former Hershey employee named H.B. Reese began selling Reese's peanut butter cups. That's crazy. Within the span of just a few decades, a lot of the staples of chocolate that we know and love today were created. Crazy times, crazy times. So during the 20th century, the term chocolate was used to cover a wide variety of affordable sweets with more sugar and other additives than actual cacao. But in more recent years, there has been a resurgence of sorts in artisanal chocolate making as chocolatiers create these handmade chocolates from sustainable cacao producers. you yeah you over there listening to stuff explained from the motley experience so if you're already listening to stuff explained from the motley experience why not take that next step and head on over to the motleyexperience.com forward slash connect then all you got to do is enter your email address and you instantly become a part of the motley experience community by doing this you'll get the weekly insider newsletter That gives you all the latest and greatest from The Motley Experience, including updates from your favorite podcast, Stuff Explained. Again, themotleyexperience.com forward slash connect. There's absolutely nothing like having custom-made quality music for whatever your project might be. So if you're in the market for custom-made music, look no further than Retcon 
industries. They provide tailor-made music for all sorts, whether it's professional wrestling, podcasts, trailers, and so much more. They can do it for you. So for more information, go to www.retconindustries.com or email my good friend Greg at retcongreg at gmail.com. Retcon Industries can also be found on Facebook and on Instagram at Retcon Industries. That's R-E-T-C-O-N Industries. So we now know how chocolate came to be. Let's get into the different types of chocolate. So there are a few main types. The first and probably the most popular consumer chocolate is milk chocolate. And that's made with milk added in the form of either powder, liquid, or condensed. And there's a minimum of 20 to 25% cocoa solids needed for it to be considered a milk chocolate. Uh, Next is dark chocolate, and this has a much higher percentage of cocoa with the fat coming from the actual cocoa butter instead of milk. An unsweetened variety is what is commonly used for baking. A subset of this dark chocolate is called couverture chocolate, and it's a high-quality version that's used by professionals for dipping, coating, molding, and garnishing. Next is white chocolate, and that's made using sugar, milk, and cocoa butter without cocoa solids. So white chocolate was considered a confectionery instead of a chocolate until 2002, which is when the United States Food and Drug Administration changed their classification after petitioning from the Hershey Food Corporation and the Chocolate Manufacturers Association. Next is ruby chocolate. I'd never heard of this one before. That was developed in 2004 and was released to the public in 2017, It's made from the ruby cocoa bean, which results in a red color and different flavor, which has been described as sweet yet sour. Finally, we have cocoa powder, and that's made by pulverizing the cocoa solids left over when the cocoa butter is extracted. It's most commonly used in baking and for making chocolate drinks. The two types of unsweetened cocoa powder include natural cocoa made by the Broma process, and that includes no additives, and then powder made by the Dutch process, which we mentioned a bit earlier, and that adds alkali salts to neutralize acidity. Dutch cocoa is used more calmly. It's a bit more, you know, uh, mass-produced and has more history to it in hot drinks, but it lacks many of the flavonoids originally held in the cocoa due to how it's processed. So it's not as flavorful, I suppose, as... Uh, the Broma process. Haven't had any yet. Would like to try. Now, I'm sure you've heard conflicting news reports about the health benefits of chocolate. Some saying it's good for you. Some saying it's not good for you. This is what I've come across. So cacao is used to describe products derived from the cacao bean that have remained raw. And these include cacao nibs, cacao butter, um, and cacao powder. Cocoa looks similar, but is actually more processed. So cocoa powder comes from beans that have been roasted at high temperatures. Cacao is reported to be a high source of antioxidants, fiber, magnesium, copper, iron, and more. And because of this, some studies have found cacao consumption, in moderation of course, to have the following health benefits. One benefit is that it can help prevent coronary heart disease, stroke, and diabetes, so it's supposedly good for the heart. Next is it lowers the risk of cognitive decline in in older people, so it's also good for the brain. And finally, it can be a mood enhancer. 
Most chocolate bought in stores, however, uh, does not have these healthy benefits. The chocolates do not have these healthy benefits as they are highly processed and contain a lot, a lot of added sugar and fat. Now, if you're anything like me, you associate chocolate with um, like good times, good taste, good flavors. It's just, it's just like a great, sweet treat. But there is a bit of a darker side to chocolate, specifically chocolate production. So similar to coffee, the massive global demand for chocolate has put a lot of pressure on cacao farmers. Wages for the very manual harvesting of cacao beans tends to be very low. Many farmers run to low-wage, child, and even slave labor in order to meet production needs. In fact, many children are trafficked into working on cacao plantations. It's estimated that about 2.3 million children work in chocolate production across Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire. Because of the inhumane labor environment that has been cultivated over centuries, many chocolate companies are opting to source their cacao and cocoa products from more ethical locations. If you want ethically made chocolate, shop for brands that show certifications including Fair Trade, Rainforest Alliance, UTS, and Fair for Life. Chocolate production has also been harmful to the environment as farmers resort to deforestation, illegal in some cases, to expand cacao plantations. Because of the cacao plant's need for humid temperatures, chocolate production is threatened by climate change. With increasing temperatures along the equator, which is where these plants are really grown, without a similar increase in rainfall, humidity levels are decreasing. To combat this, farmers and scientists are developing strategies to maintain production to meet high demand. This includes planting taller trees next to cacao trees to act as shade and reduce moisture loss, as well as using CRISPR DNA editing technology to make a more resilient cacao seed. Now, I don't want to end us on that melancholy note, so just some quick fun facts. So, during the Revolutionary War, chocolate was given as ration and even payment at times to soldiers instead of money. Fun fact number two, if you want to make your own Mayan chocolate or chocolatel, do these steps. So, first, you need to remove uh, these cacao beans from pods. You ferment and dry them, roast them on a griddle until done, Remove the shells and grind the seeds into a fine paste. And then you mix this paste with water, chili peppers, and cornmeal. You pour the resulting concoction back and forth from pot to cup until it becomes nice and frothy and foamy. And then you serve it with pride in finely decorated earthenware cups. And there you have it. That's how you make Mayan chocolatel. So that wraps up this week's episode of Stuff Explained on Chocolate. I do apologize for any traffic noises that make their way into this and other episodes. I do the best I can to minimize them. However, uh, I'm kind of stuck with them for the time being until I can get, I suppose, a proper location or studio. In any case, once again, feel free to reach out on social media. You can uh, look me up at ATMarusas, A-T-M-A-R-O-U-S-A-S on really any social media app at all, but specifically Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to atmarusas.com for other projects that I'm a part of, including Stuff Explained. And, oh, there we go. It's another motorcycle. Great. Oh, here we go. It's, it's warm. It's a warm day in February, and everyone's decided it's spring. Ah, uh, Sorry. 
Anyways, um, also Motley Experience. You can go to that on Twitter, Instagram as well, as well as the themotleyexperience.com, which I've referenced multiple times throughout this show. Uh, so I'm not going to do those handles again, but use the hashtag stuff, explain, email, info at themotleyexperience.com. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. Let's discuss this and other interesting stories, concepts, big ideas. This show is for everyone. Until next week. Stuff Explained is written and produced by me, Aristides Marousas. Music is produced by the talented Greg Massey of Retcon Industries. Visit themotleyexperience.com for more thoughtful original content, and you can also find links to the sources used for each episode of Stuff Explained. Like us on Facebook at The Motley Experience. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Motley Experience and use the hashtag Stuff Explained. If you like this episode, leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening.